Welcome to the Life's Better podcast, where we say life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. Jonathan, Josh here. Hey. And Josh, I'm going to ask you, what does FAQ stand for? Frequently Asked Questions. Yes. Have you ever gone on a website and instead of making a phone call to the company to you know get some question answered about a product, you just read the Frequently Asked Questions? Yeah. Like, hey, good. I save yeah. time, right? Often, like especially when you're buying something, like you need to know, like, okay, how how soon is it going to happen? Like all of that. Kind of right, stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Need them. And so there's a whole section typically on most, you know, people's websites that have a frequently asked question so you can save time and they can save time as well. So we as pastors have certainly over the years received our fair share of frequently <laughs> yeah. asked questions. Just those, hey, what does the Bible say? Hey, what does God think about? And we've toyed, we've actually talked about this uh, a few times. Hey, should we dedicate a you know, mm, podcast mm-hmm. episode or maybe even a few to some of those frequently asked questions. And we always just kind of pushed it off. And then today we're like, you know what, let's, let's go for it. Let's, let's go hit for a it. bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we'll take, we'll take a small handful yeah. of frequently asked questions that we have received and we're going to give answers to them. But before we do, we're going to play a game called not, not so frequently mm-hmm. asked questions. Infrequently asked Yes, questions. there we go. Infrequently <laughs> asked questions. So this is going to be somewhat of a hot seat type of game mm-hmm. where I've got a list of seven questions I'm going to just throw at Josh yep. and he has to answer them and he's got a list for me and I have to answer them. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. How do you feel about this? We can have one pass. Like, oh, okay. If there's if there's one that you're just like, yep. you know what? Sorry, don't want to go there. Or haha, that'd be funny, but I'm not gonna answer. <laughs> like you get now one. Now I'm pass. worried about what. <laughs> are you what? cool? Are you yeah, cool I'm with one pass? Sure. Okay. Okay. That makes me want to take it because uh, I'm worried about what your questions are gonna be now. You may Let's feel go. comfortable answering all seven. I just thought I, this I, might be a fair way to keep certain things from getting too, I guess, dicey. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. All right, here we go, Josh. This is the first one. When was the last time you cried and why? Oh, okay. Um, Oh, it happened fairly recently. Okay. Oh, what was it about, though? Oh, no. (laughs) So... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, did like Emily like still the last of no. the Lucky Charms? <laughs> like, this, yeah. was, this was in a movie, I think. Okay. Um, ah, man. You know what? I'm going to go with this one because this one's like most frequent one that I can remember. Um, and I don't, I don't feel ashamed to admit it because this is a great movie. If you haven't seen it, what is you it? absolutely should. It's a very wholesome film called Paddington 2. Yeah, I've um, heard some. Was it you that talked about it? It probably was me. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. This, this is a. Five out of five, great film. Wow. Highly recommend. Uh, Did you like Paddington One or the first one? It was one? good. Yeah. So this one's definitely better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually watched the second one before I watched the first. That one. might be the reason yeah. why you like it best. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Oftentimes that happens. Uh, I I, I want to know your opinion on it if you've seen the second one. But I have uh, this is a really like wholesome film. And I don't want to spoil anything that happens. But you but cried like a baby. I did cry at the uh, at the very end. There's just like these this. Wholesome moment where like every person that because Paddington's just really helpful throughout the whole film, and the point <laughs> of the spoiler film, alert, man. Well, like, like, that's just uh, him. That's just him. But like uh, the the point of the film gets driven home, which is uh, the goodness that you put into other people will often come back. Oh, that's good. And I just like like started crying really that's hard. True. I was like, this is such a good like story and yeah, good movie. That's but neat. yeah, no, it was, that was the last time I cried. All right, what's your All question right. for me? Are you ready for this? I am. All right, so mine go a little off the wall. I don't think you'll ever use a pass, but like you might have to take a second to really think about them. Okay. So this first one, let's just establish like what we're going for here. Uh, what is the biggest animal you think you could successfully defeat to defeat defend your family? So I'm, th- I'm going off of like a David scenario. I'm gonna talk while he thinks. Uh, Do I have a weapon? Mm, I'm gonna say bare, bare hands. hands. Bare hands. Like David, David fends off a lion. David fends off a bear he to save weapons, his sheep. Man. He did have his his sling. I'll I'll allow you a sling. Ah, <laughs> a weapon I have absolutely no practice with. <laughs> what what is the and this is to defend your family. What animal do you think you could successfully defeat? The the best, the biggest uh, animal. Honestly, probably it would go no more than like a boar. A boar. Yeah. Okay. I, and that's where. It's still dicey, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I have probably enough arrogance to think, yeah, I think I could. <laughs> I, beyond that, no, probably, probably not, not going to be able to do much. I, I, All my boys working together with me, we might be able to take down a bear. I'm not sure. I think you could. You might lose a we couple need, boys. Yeah, we would. We probably would. And I, I'd like a weapon. I mean, even just a sharp stick would really be helpful. 
<laughs> in a situation like that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so here we go. What is the first thing that you notice about people? First thing you mm. notice about people. That's tough. Mm. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking like on a Sunday, there's somebody new that just walked in. Yeah. I think probably their smile, like okay. what, the, what, their, what their expression is. Yeah, Does yeah, that make yeah. sense? No, absolutely. Because when I was trying to answer that, even for myself, my thought was, I think I typically try to figure out if they're friendly or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. Whether or not I should go and talk to them, yeah. whether or not like I should avoid that right, <laughs> person. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think that would probably be it. And yeah. then maybe maybe even this is this seems like a cop out answer, but like whether or not I recognize them. <laughs> like, yeah. do I know you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a good thing to remember. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, not not too not too bad so far. Can you imagine if I did like pass on that one? <laughs> uh, what does Josh notice what about does he people? Typically notice. Um, okay. Uh, next question is: What is your biggest irrational fear? Not r realistic fear but a rational fear. Like, I'll go ahead and admit to you while you think about it. I got mine. Okay, go, okay, go ahead. I don't know how rational or irrational it is. I think it's probably irrational. Mm. Some would say, no, dude, that's rational. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely bed bugs. Bed bugs, okay. I, I, I'm just, I, you know, I, you, you know mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. I watched a couple documentaries <laughs> on the evasiveness of bed bugs mm. and how hard it is and how costly it is to get out of your home. Mm. And so there's just this paranoia of bed, bu mm -hmm. bu bed bugs, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's fair. It, it, do you think that that like cripples you in some ways? No. No, okay. No, uh, but it's on my mind too often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly if, you know, if I'm at camp. Yeah, I was gonna know, say, like, Camp Calvary has to be, like, the worst. I, I check, every time I sleep somewhere, it's just like, I'm checking, yeah. are there any telltale those, signs? Those beds are, like, odd too. I don't think that bed bugs would really camp out much, and, and unless I think it's they're designed. Clothes. I think they're designed that way. Really, okay. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I've seen kind of that same design even with hotels. Mm. Like, once you get underneath, it's like they've, they've got some protection so that they can't really make homes. Mm. I don't know. I, I hope it, I hope that's true. <laughs> All right, Josh, what is your favorite smell? Mmm. Ah. Oh, that's difficult. That's really <laughs> difficult. I think... I think this goes back to, like, one of my biggest weaknesses when it comes to food. Okay. Um, it's the smell of, like... Uh, a, a freshly made pizza, ah, like and and they, like they're craft house. Okay, craft house is crafty here. <laughs> um, where every time Emily and I go to Lichos, where I can eat fairly healthy, like I can get fajitas, which are just like onions and bell peppers and meat, and I'm like, that's the, delicious. I love that. They're blowing the air out there. They are like piping it out, yeah. and like I am. There's half like half the time. I love Lichos probably more than any other restaurant in Lawrenceburg, but half the time I'm like Emily. Emily, we need to get inside now because like I'm ready to I'm ready to cancel our plans here and just get a large pizza. I'm curious if you've ever left Lichos and smelled the pizza and been tempted like, you know what, let's double up on dinner. <laughs> I've not, but I think that goes back to like I think what you smell is what you desire, right? Yeah. Right? Like so like I'm hungry, so like my nose is attuned sure, to the sure, food. Sure. And when I'm leaving, I don't even notice it. So okay. I don't know. Uh, There's a sermon in there somewhere. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Um, all right, next up for you is, oh, if you could have an, I love this, I love this one so much because you can learn a lot about like what a person, uh, maybe even their genre of music even. Okay. Uh, but if you could have an intro song for As You Enter Rooms. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. Do you have an intro song that you would pick? Why do birds suddenly appear? I'm totally joking. I'm I don't totally even know joking. that song. You don't? Oh, man. It's <laughs> like, like this, what is he doing? such a hokey, like, I don't even know, 1970s, like. Wasn't there then? Oh, uh, yeah. You weren't either, I don't think. No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's, uh, that, was, that was always my joke because whenever mm. you were at a baseball game, whenever uh, there'd be a, a baseball, uh, or whenever someone would go to bat for mm. the home team, they would have like their rock and like mm -hmm. anthem, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was always my joke, like, oh, I would have. Why do birds suddenly appear <laughs> whenever you were near? Because it's like this. Okay, so what would be my anthem? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like every time you walk in a door and you I'm, have to choose I'm, one. I'm sticking with that one because I think it's hilarious and funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with that one. How, how quickly do you think you'd get tired of that? <laughs> uh, I would probably get... I'd, I'd probably feel bad as other people got sick and tired of it. But it would be but funny it would, to you yeah, always. It'd still be funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh. If you had uh, to change one thing about yourself, what would you change? Oh, man. Ah. You're just too perfect. It's hard, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know. I, I, there, no, there's just way too many things that I think I would change. Um, 
I, I think this just goes back to like, uh, you know, we'll get serious with it. Uh, my my personal like uh, feelings about myself that have always been there. Hmm. I would love to be thinner. I, okay. like, I, and in like, uh, I, I think I've gone through a bit of uh, like weight loss and even sure. like getting healthier and I feel good about it. But like, there's always this back of my mind thing like, oh man, I wish that I just was built differently sure, <laughs> like sure. from the ground up to where yeah. I could be tinier. Uh, but yeah, that would be that would be mine. I Which heard... is such like a cliche, like dumb thing to want to change about yourself. Yeah, but, yeah. no, I mean, I, I think if, if we were all a little bit more attractive, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know there's certain doors that get opened to attractive people yeah, yeah, faster. Yeah. There's just, unfortunately, that's, you know, that's I, just kind of how I'm I realistic, too, because uh, if I could just, like, change anything about me, I'd give myself a superpower or, like, yeah, 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 like yeah, something yeah. like right. that. Like, no, that would be no, way cooler. totally. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't go, like, fanciful because that's, <laughs> that's the direction I was thinking. Cool. Yeah. All right, Jonathan. Let's go with... We're gonna throw it out there. Uh, what is your what was your first celebrity crush? Oh, okay. Do you, do you remember that far back to when you were like, yeah, six, seven, yeah, saw a pretty girl like, oh my gosh. So celebrity crush, I, I this. <laughs> <laughs> do you need to use your pass? No, no. <laughs> but it's a silly one, and I I don't I think it was my first, but mm. probably not. Like, mm. I, I, I it's just hard re- to remember. Yeah, it's mm. hard to remember. But I remember. Um, I don't. I forget her name. Um, is it DJ in Full House? Uh, she's like yeah. the older. She's the older. Yeah, one. the oldest sister. Like I remember, she was just like so cool and Cameron. cute at the same time. I was just like, she seems cool, and I was like, yeah. Isn't that I? You know, isn't that that popular like Christian? Kurt Cameron's, Kurt Cameron's uh, sister? Sister. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember her name. But yeah, you're right. Everyone was listening was like, yeah, that's totally it. Or, <laughs> or you guys are idiots, that's not. But yeah, probably her. Yeah, probably yeah. her. Cool. Yeah. I remember in high school, there was a thing that was going around, uh, the Noxzema girl. You guys, yeah. So the Noxzema <laughs> commercial always had like this girl as their spokesperson. I was like, oh, every every boy liked the Noxzema girl. Do you know I, don't what even, Nog- I, don't even, I don't even know what Noxzema is. Cream. Zit cream. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a zit cream commercial had a pretty girl in it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because yeah. everybody wants to remove that acne for pretty people. She was in a couple of movies, like kind of a B actress and, you know, some somewhat decent movies. Okay. But yeah, not girl. Would be two. Awesome. Right, oh, that's mine. I'm no, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, what do you dip a chicken nugget in? Hmm. One thing. My favorite one has to be uh, Kane's sauce. Okay. Which, have you had Kane's sauce? I've heard you guys talk about Kane's mm-hmm. sauce and. Did we have cane sauce at an all night or uh, canes at an all night event? Did someone bring it in? Uh, I feel like someone was telling me, "Hey, you got to do." You it know like what? This. I think there was, but I can't. I, I I think you're right. I didn't remember that. It was like cold, but it was still tasty. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I yeah. think I may have tried it then, mm-hmm. but I can't remember. I'm sure I liked it. I, I'm a sauce guy, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm sure I'm into I, it. I, th- a lot of people like swear by it. I think it's a mixture of like ketchup, mayonnaise, and barbecue sauce. Like it's not like too too fancy. You can right, make right, it right. yourself, but right. it's really good. Okay. I love it anyway. All right. Yeah. All right. Next up is, <laughs> what's the weirdest food combination you enjoy? Oh, there's a lot. Mm. So probably the weirdest thing that is a daily thing that people daily. Are, yeah it, it's it's my it's my oh, dinner salad. I know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just throw everything into mm-hmm. my salad. I yeah, mean, I've lot. got cabbage, I've got spinach, you got the normal stuff like tomatoes. Spinach. Those are the normal things. And then I throw broccoli in there and I also throw Is it uh, warm broccoli or cold broccoli? Uh it's typically cold. Okay, like sometimes goodness, sometimes like, it gets disgusting. steamed. <laughs> sometimes it gets steamed and it's like sorry, yeah, it's still warm. You just kind of <laughs> hope that it like cools off by the time you eat it. Uh, but I put quinoa in there. Like everything goes yeah, in there. Odd. And it's just like, oh yeah. And it's tasty. Bring, oh, I love it, dude. Mm. It's, good. it's good. I don't know about warm salads. I've had it before. <laughs> it's it's like generally, it. it's, it's normally not warm. <laughs> if it's cold, in fact, it's fine to me. In fact, the, the, the chickpeas I, I have frozen in the freezer. Mm. And so I have to like put them in there immediately so that they'll thaw by the time I'm done, you know, preparing mm. it. So oftentimes it'll mix up and it'll get cold. But. Okay. Okay, Josh, uh, who would you like to see in concert? It could be any band, any individual, uh, you know, whatever you're into, this would be who you want to see in concert. Do, do they have to be a current band? No. Okay, good. No, good, you can good, go good, back. Good. Yeah. Um, there's a band that I was really into in high school that they broke up and it was like the most tragic thing for me, like <laughs> at the time. Um, and they were incredible and most musicians even said that they were 
like the epitome of like good musicians to go Who see. Who are these guys? Have you heard of the Civil Wars by chance? Sorry, it's man. just a duo. Okay. Um, uh, I forget her name, but she went on to be a part of like a famous band as well, and he's gone on to just like be a coach of famous musicians. Okay. But those two together have like the most haunting like harmony. Okay. That I was just like I really want to see them in concert, and then that year that I got really into them. They broke up. You I know what? Like, you ah. did it. You were the yeah, one that well, did it. Yeah, I was the reason. Was the as reason. soon as you started liking there was a them, civil something war. shifted. No, yeah. So that so, civil war. The civil war. The, the civil wars is what they're called. The civil wars. And it's just it's I'll just two people, one guy playing guitar, and yeah. I'm like, a little disappointed because you being such a a massive Swifty. Um, I just oh, assumed yeah. you would go Taylor Swift. Yeah. I'm gonna have to write a letter to like you the know, Swifty I wish Nation. that I could get concert tickets to that so I could resell them because Sell my them for goodness. Yeah, yeah, I would love to get rich real quick off of that. I can just listen to their, her music in the car and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's yours? All right, next up, because I think we only have two more. Two more. Two more? Yeah. What's the funniest TV show or movie you've ever seen? You know, when you ever, when you, when you speak in these absolutes, it's just very difficult. Ever? <sighs> funniest TV show or, or movie? movie. Mm-hmm. I got nothing, man. There's, there's, there's so <laughs> many funny stuff. You're going to use your pass stuff. there? That's fair. Sure. That's I'll use the pass. That's a lot. That's I'll use a lot. the pass. I can't. I mean, I, I like a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. I can't think of one. All right, dude. Last one. Here we go. Are you and Emily planning to have kids? And if so, when will you start trying? <laughs> um, pass. Ah! <laughs> uh, and that's know. and that's one of the reasons For why sure. I threw out the pass because uh, yeah, I knew yeah, that yeah, one yeah. might be a little too. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Everyone uh, wants to know. Everyone wants yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. What's your last one? Now, uh, now that I can't pass. Now, yeah, I'm yeah. All, all well, this one's really like I, I needed one more. And to, what's to my favorite color? <laughs> uh, it's what genre of music? If you can't say Christian. Uh, because Christian music, I hate sure. as like a cop out answer because that like Christian music just holds all the genres, yeah. right? Like there's even Christian rap that I actually enjoy. Sure. Uh, what what genre of music do you enjoy most? <sighs> I don't even know what. There's they, an absolute for you. They, too. They, I know probably. <laughs> uh, right now, I I don't know if they even refer to it as this, but mm. kind of the, that because uh, what do you call it? like. like it's pop music, basically, mm. but it's on the like alternative side of pop music. Alternative, but to say pop and alternative seem to be mm. in in contradiction of each other. But do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Kind of that yeah. that more rock feel, but certainly like, sh- you know top ten I, stuff. I, this is gonna. I don't know music genres very well, but yeah. like there's also the phrase Americana, which is like poppy, but like. I don't know, like hipster pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I would, I would, I would go that direction. Okay, yeah, okay, that's probably I, what we're I, talking about. I don't know genres very well. I don't either. Anyway, well, that was seven. That was seven. Not too bad. Hopefully, you got to know Josh and I a little bit better. Now you're probably thinking, all right, fine, fine. I fast forwarded through your little game. <laughs> Give us the real content. Don't, yeah, we don't care about those stupid <laughs> questions you're asking each other. We're going to talk about some frequently asked questions mm-hmm. that we receive as pastors. And the way that we're going to handle this is we, hopefully, if you don't know this already, we believe that the Bible is God's inspired word to us. And so we're Absolutely. going to base our questions, or at least our answers yeah. to questions, based on God's word. Yeah, so if you're not a Christian and you're watching, no. Know that that's where we're getting our answers. Yeah, from. and and, yeah, yeah. and if you don't agree with us, that's okay because it's mm-hmm. okay that you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's not a problem for you to be wrong every once in a while. No, I'm teasing. So that's the direction we're having, yeah. heading. And if it's you know if we're sharing our opinion at times, mm-hmm. it's like hey, this is our opinion, or these are some principles, but yeah. it's kind of a gray area in scripture. But here it is. I think all of these have an, like a at least a direction that we can pull from the Bible, but there are like there's room for interpretation in yeah. some of these. Uh, we're gonna give you our best answers that we give i i give my students because these two are like like definitely ones i get from students pretty often so cool all right so i'm going to take the first one the first question that i've received in some form or another for years now is why do bad things happen Mm. to good people ever with the banger yeah ever ever receive that one all the time so the idea behind that question is all right if God is good yeah. and he's all powerful and I'm doing a pretty good job and they're doing a pretty good job. You know, why can't he step in when something horrible happens and prevent that thing from happening? Why do bad things mm. happen to good people? And I think there are a lot of different ways that I could answer that and I have answered that over mm. the years. You know, first kind of setting that base foundation that 
you know what? We live in a sinful world, and even if you occur, even though you may not necessarily be sinning, someone else's sin may have a negative consequence on your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of go that direction. Uh, you could even go as far as to say we actually see in Scripture that God may allow certain things to happen to mm-hmm. us that are bad, but they're actually for our good. They help us to grow. Mm-hmm. They help us to uh, mature. Um, depending on your theology, you might say He allows it. Some say He causes it. You know, it depends on where mm-hmm. you stand on that. I could keep going down the list, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this direction. I'm going to go ahead and make the statement that bad things don't actually happen to good people. Now, with that, Josh, has anything ever bad happened to you? Have you yeah. gotten in a car accident? Ever gotten sick? Yes. Ever had so someone I'm not a mean good to you? So what is the implication? If, <laughs> something, if something bad yeah. has actually happened to you, yeah. what's the implication of I'm that? I'm a bad person. You're a bad person. And a lot of people might say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> No, 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 I know Josh, he's a good person, and I'm a good person, and I am certainly, you know, someone who's experienced my fair share of bad things, so what do you mean bad things don't happen to good people? I'm good. The truth is, what we see in Scripture is that in the eyes of a holy, perfect God, you are not good. You are not good. And in fact, Scripture says it this way. Um, there's a few verses that, that describe it. Um, and... Uh, in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things. The idea is we can deceive ourselves into thinking we're actually okay, mm-hmm. and we're not selfish, and we're not greedy, and we actually don't struggle with lust. And in reality, no, we're just deceiving ourselves. That is a part of the decisions that we make. And to go a step further in, um, in Isaiah uh, 64, 6, it says, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Now, I like that verse for a few reasons. One, it makes it clear that, Josh, you can do righteous things. Mm-hmm. But in the eyes of a holy, pure, sinless God, even your righteous acts are like filthy rags to him. The way that I like to describe this, particularly with students um, throughout the years, is it would be like a friend approaching us and saying, hey, I, I baked some really delicious cookies for you. And by the way, the secret ingredient is a quarter cup of poo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if we, <laughs> if we had those cookies in front of us, we immediately were like, yeah, thanks, no thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, not interested. Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, the wait. The poo probably cooked out. The, you can't even taste it <laughs> because there's so, I mean, there's like five cups of sugar in here. There's four yeah, cups yeah, of yeah, flour. Yeah. There's butter. There's vanilla. It's delicious. And we would say, get that tray of cookies out of my face mm-hmm. because we're not interested in that. And the same is true when it comes to the sin in our lives. Mm-hmm. When we approach a holy, perfect God, it's like a tray of poop cookies. Yes, is there good in there? Are there righteous things, uh, righteous things in us? Of course, because we have the spark. We have the spark of God in us. We've been created in his image. But it's that sin that tarnishes things. Now, at this point, I think some people may be saying, okay, wait, wait, wait. But that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair because as I look at the world, I may, agree, I may agree with you, I might do some bad things, but God's not fair because why does he allow bad things to happen to less bad people? Like they're clearly less bad than those people over there. And so it's not fair that they're dealing with something that's a much greater struggle than those people who are far more wicked. So it seems like God's not fair. And I would say you're right. God is not fair but he's always good. He may not always be fair, but he's always good. And when you begin to frame your reality of God based on the fact that he's always good, we may actually come to the realization that, you know what, maybe it's a good thing that he's not always fair. Mm. And I think here's where the essence of the gospel actually is, that a holy, perfect God who cannot be in a relationship with sinful us actually gave us what we did not deserve, which is salvation through Christ. That wasn't fair, but he gave it anyway. And uh, one of the scriptures that kind of points to this is Psalm 103, verse 10. It says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. And this may actually cause us to start asking a different question. And the question I think that probably is a lot healthier to ask is, why do good things happen to bad people? And it's only through the grace of God that that actually happens. Mm. That's any, really good. Any final thoughts on that one? No, I, I think uh, we, we actually talked about this in youth because uh, mm. we were dealing with the story of Noah and even like just the uh, like the the foundation of like what faith means. Um, and one of those classic questions came up like why why is this happening 
to all these people, you know, like, like they haven't died yet. Like, why is God judging them now? Mm. And I think at its essence, you have to remember that, like, we have to, like, you can, you can have all these answers for, for people, like, uh, and try to, like, cite why God did what he did here, or why God allows this to happen, all these things. But at the end of the day, what it requires is a faith that God is good. Mm -hmm. um, and that's foundational, uh, is that like when we approach things, in order to not let those doubts like really shake our foundation, we have to establish a belief that God is good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. Cool. All right, you got a question, frequently asked All question right. number two. So this is one that I get, uh, especially from people who just got saved. Um, because, you know, we, we talk about how the old is gone, the new has come. Mm. And with that, um, what does that mean for our previous friendships? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm going to blanket state this. I kind of changed it based off of, like, um, uh, uh, what, I, what I was going to go into. Uh, but the statement is, should I be rid of old friends when I get saved? Mm. Um, and then on top of that, uh, like, even just in general, when you're saved, is it okay to have best friends that aren't saved? Um, and... These are typically asked by like really, really well-meaning students who love these people, mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, a lot of times th those questions actually, well, and we'll get to the root of it, but like they get asked because they know these friends are not necessarily the best for them. Um, I think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by establishing the two sides, and then sure. Jonathan, you're going to tell me which one maybe you lean towards. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'll go ahead and tell you right now that I don't necessarily think either of these are 100% true, 100% okay. uh, right, but these are typically where people lie. One is absolutely not. Hmm. Uh, you are the sum of your five closest friends. Part of getting rid of your old self is throwing off old friends. Yeah. Um, two is we need to be with the people who don't believe all the time, just like Jesus, because Jesus did that. He was with uh, sinners and he was with prostitutes. So that means that I can hang out with those people all the time. Uh, otherwise, who will reach them? Uh, and so those are kind of like the two like blanket statements I hear. Yeah. Uh, which do you lean more towards? Yeah, very black and white. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not a whole lot of room for nuance there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not or absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I would probably, with that as the basis, I would mm. probably lean towards no, you need to you need to stay close to those who don't know mm. the saving grace of of Christ. Okay, so that you can be that light in in their life. You're absolutely wrong, Jonathan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start by if we, if you want just a solid yes or no answer. I think Jonathan nailed it. Like the answer is like we can absolutely have friends who are not Christian. Um, there's nothing in the Bible that says just a blanket Jesus saying. No, you can't have friends who aren't Christian. I think even looking at Jesus's life, he establishes that that's the pattern we should choose. And he even looked down on the Pharisees who probably had that mentality of, I don't, I'm never going to be around people who aren't Christian. Uh, but, but there are a couple of things that I, I try to clarify, especially with students who are asking this question. Uh, first of which is 1 Corinthians 15.33, which Paul is actually quoting a uh, a person who I don't believe is a believer, but is a famous poet. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Um, and so with that, what do we have to establish for ourselves? If I'm trying to live a godly life, there is a problem with having people who, I'm surround, who surround me who don't live the type of character out that I'm trying to live. Yeah. Um, and so, I, but I, I, I do want to establish there, that can mean... Uh, uh, that there's like almost like a subsection of non-Christians. Uh, are there people in your life who are, you are letting have influence over you? Mm. Um, who and are negative, influencing, negative yeah, negative influence. influence. Yeah. Uh, and so that's like the first question I, I have, like uh, questions you need to ask yourself, and I tell this to students, is, is this friend causing you to compromise what you believe? Um, are, are they inviting you constantly out to drinking and partying and a lifestyle that you know that you are, were tempted to live in the past, but are trying now to give up. If that's the case, it might be time to like walk away from them for a time, or at least moderate that influence. Because just like anything in our lives, if things become idols yeah. that lead us away from God, God calls us to get rid of those. He's jealous for us. Um, on top of that, uh, it it turns into them. Are 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 is your friendship uh, that you are with that was a previous relationship you've now they now know that you're you're saved 
is this a thing where they're going to respect that? Or is this going to turn into, I've, and I've had this, and I've had to walk away from friendships before, where instead of a friendship, now it's really a courtroom mm. where uh, you guys get into these, these talks and then all of a sudden they just hit you with heavy questions because they want to cause you to doubt. They want to cause you to basically be the center of all of the hate that they have towards Christianity. And they might not even mean to, mm -hmm. uh, but slowly but surely, your friendship turns into just a place for them to constantly nag, constantly ask. And it's not them actually wanting good answers. Right. It's just them wanting to debate you all the time. And if that's the case, like, I mean, I would encourage you to walk away from that for a time. Um, and then secondly, the I, I think a better question isn't is instead of should I be rid of old friends, it's do I have good, healthy, godly community in my life. Mm -hmm. um, instead of, should I discard these people? Because I think, like, I, I, I have told students this, maybe you got saved for the purpose of also reaching those friends that you had. Um, maybe you got saved to be a good influence in the lives of these, these other people. But at the same time, I think God's very clear. Uh, he might not say you need to get rid of them, but he, might, he definitely is saying you need to make sure that you surround yourself with good community. Um, are you at church? Are you in life groups? Are you, are you finding people who walk the same walk as you when it comes to your faith, who um, are willing to listen to you when it comes to those faith questions? Because I'll be honest with you, I've, some of my best friends that I have are not saved, but those people, as much as I love them, I don't share part of my life with. Mm -hmm. um, and they've made it very clear, like, don't don't come to me with these things. And like, of course, I'm not gonna go to them and be like, man, like this topic that we had tonight didn't work so well, and I'm struggling to reach this student. Like, they're gonna be like, cool. <laughs> but, like, but like other people, like Jonathan, or uh, even, even my wife, Emily, or uh, other close friends that I have that are, are missionaries or youth pastors and stuff like that, those are people that I'm way more willing to share the right, real parts of me. Um, and I think, I, I, I hope that I answered that question a little bit better. I think that the answer, if you want a blanket one, is absolutely, you can have friends that are not Christian, but we need to be careful. Don't make them idols. Don't make them have more influence over you than the God that you're choosing to serve because we know ultimately that's what matters. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, a, that's a tough at times because I've had students who are like, oh, I, I think I've, I've decided I need to walk away from these people. Yeah. And that's not an easy conversation to have. Uh, but ultimately, sometimes that's the best thing for your walk. And, and uh, goes back to what you were saying, like the, the goodness of God will come into play and he's gonna, he, like, you're going to have friends. Uh, he's going to give you good good community if you seek it out. Yeah. Um, I, does that make sense? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, you know, I think people can make arguments for both sides mm. of your two. Mm. You know, going back to the Israelite people, hey, there was a clear separation between yeah. the Israelites who were following God and those who were considered unclean, and you were not allowed to be in connection with them. But then at the same time, well, they were supposed to actually be a blessing to the world around them. So how do you do that if you're yeah. completely isolated? So, yeah, I think there is there is nuance and I think for Christians, when we know that it is now our mission, our marching mm. orders are from Jesus are to make disciples, then that just changes the relationship that we have with people who are not Christians. Yeah. They may not necessarily be like, hey, you're my best friend because we, uh, we no longer have certain things in common that were sinful, mm. but man, I love you mm. and my heart is for you and I want you to have the best thing that has ever happened in my life. And so I'm going to move towards you in hopes that you will move towards God. Yeah. You know, it's just that having that missional perspective. Uh, just real quick to, yeah. to add to that, another question you can ask yourself is, is the only thing I have in common with this person sinful? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then I think you got your answer yeah, on yeah. what you should do with that. Yeah, our, our favorite pastime is gossiping about the people around yeah. us. Like, well, yeah, and now that you don't have that, yeah, <laughs> do you really have is much? Is the friendship over? Is yeah, it over? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, question number three. Is it okay for a couple to live together before they get married? Mm. Have you ever heard that? You know, I've, I've actually never gotten this from students before, but I know that it's actually common in adults. So here's the thing. I was tempted not even to talk about this one today because 10, 15 years ago, this was a frequently asked question. Mm. It is not so frequently asked anymore, mm. even of adults. I, 
And any ideas as to why that might be? Because it's just, it's not as taboo anymore. It's commonplace. Mm -hmm. So going back to the 1960s, get this, less than 3% of people who got married lived together before they got married. Less than mm. 3%. You know what it is now? Throw out a percentage. 40%. 70% of people who get married live together before marriage. Wow. And I did some research to find out, okay, what are the reasons? Uh, and just kind of like, let's make sure we know what we're talking about. When we're talking about living together before marriage, it's not that, you know, hey, this guy is in the basement while, you know, you're in the attic. We're talking about you're, you're playing marriage is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So all the, the romance and the sexuality, that's, that's taking place in the home because you're living together. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Um, do, you, do you know what some common reasons for hey, we should probably live together now. I, I would say a heavy influence has to be like TV and movies because like- That's the pattern that's that you see. That's just the pattern you see is like we date, then we have sex, then maybe it's I love you, then it's, because uh, that happens in that order. Right. And then it's uh, let's move in together and then maybe one day let's get married. Right, right. So here are some of the common reasons that at least this one study found. Um, one was it made sense financially. <laughs> it was like, hey, instead of you paying for rent and me paying for rent, <laughs> how about we just like pay you know rent what? together? That is the best argument for it I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's save money. This is the one that I've heard lots and lots and lots. Uh, testing the relationship. The idea, yeah. the idea is, or the, the common saying is, well, when you buy a car, you're gonna test drive it first, right? So, I, I, you know, with the failure of marriage in general, right? that one I can absolutely see people looking at and being like, well, we might as well, like, at least try it before we, like, actually commit to this. Yes. But with, with but it's a it's a faulty way of looking at yeah. it. But we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, in yeah, just a absolutely, second. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that probably makes the most sense to me. Spend more time together, right? You're in that infatuation. Mm -hmm. We love each other. I mean... Let's just spend more time. Mm -hmm. Let's let's stay together. And then the last one that uh, was on the list that I saw was uh, it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient to live apart. You're across town, and I'm over here. Mm -hmm. Let's just make it really convenient for us. So again, we're gonna we're gonna tackle this from a biblical perspective. There may be a few of you who are like, I don't care what the Bible says. Uh, and so at the end, I'll give you some food for thought for you mm -hmm. if you're just like, I don't care. So Josh, when you think of marriage. A lot of people, I think, have probably a lower view of marriage than what we see biblically, a very high view of marriage. Would you say that marriage is just a ring, just a, a piece of paper, a contract? You know, to me, absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I no, had it's to. very important. No, I, you know, for, for when you look at the biblical mandates for marriage, mm -hmm. like right from the very beginning in the pages of Genesis, we see that this is a unique relationship. Yeah. It is not just a contract. It is a covenant. Mm -hmm. We see the verse that uh, says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. What are we seeing there? There's a bonding that is mm -hmm. taking place. There is an exclusivity to that relationship that is very much unique to that couple, that intimacy there. This is a all in, I mean, if you're a Christian, you probably have someone like Josh, someone like me, on the wedding day, remind you of these things, remind you that this is a covenant that is not just between you and your spouse, this is actually between you and a holy God. And you're asking his blessing on that marriage that will go until death. I mean, that's why you take the vows in sickness and in health, uh, as long as you both shall live. And so we have, because of that, a very high view that, hey, marriage is so much more than just a, a contract. Yeah. There is something sacred and holy that is yeah. taking place in that. Now, with that, I want to read a verse that kind of sets the, the tone for answering that question, hey, can couples live together before marriage? And that comes in Hebrews chapter thir uh, 13, verse 4. It says, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. So according to this, Josh, uh, a covenant of marriage should be honored by who? Did you catch it? Uh, oh, no. Um, I did, right. but you, I re read it again. There was some pizza that was yeah, yeah, smell yeah. that was wafting. It's just was like a distraction. Yeah, it says, it it says that the marriage should be honored by all mm. and the marriage bed kept pure. So who should by honor? All. By all. So yeah. 
If you're married, you're, you're keeping that covenant of marriage sacred. If you are not married or you're just thinking about marriage or you're like, yeah, we'll totally get married someday. What are you doing? You are honoring that. What does it look like to honor that marriage? It means that you're keeping the marriage bed pure. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to keep the marriage bed pure? Well, it explains it in that verse. It says, if you're sexually immoral, it's not keeping the marriage bed pure. What does it mean to be sexually immoral? So that phrase actually comes from a Greek word uh, called pornea, which uh, oftentimes is translated as unlawful lust. And so when you look at, okay, what is lawful and unlawful lust? Well, anything that is outside a one man, one woman, inside the covenant of marriage, that's actually sin. And so living together, sleeping together before marriage, you're not honoring that uh, that marriage. In fact, a lot of times couples don't stay together, they don't get married, and so not only have you dishonored your future marriage, but you've dishonored their future marriage. Yeah. And so very simple uh, answer would be, if you're a Christian and you're wanting to, to honor God and honor the things that He has established, we would say, no, you need to wait for that sexual uh, relationship once you're married in that covenant of yeah. marriage, not before. To, to speak that to um, Emily, actually, when she was doing uh, master's work, uh, she had extra classes that were um, with sociology and like all of that stuff. And there were professors who were talking about this who um, are not Christian, but they were sharing the statistics about how people who choose to live together first not even like just looking at their relationships, but looking at those of them that lived together first and then chose to get married are more likely to get divorced. Yeah. Um, and in fact, that's the food for thought that yeah. I was going to give to anyone Sorry. who's just like, hey, who cares about what the Bible says? Yeah. So going all the way back to the, the 1970s when they started charting this, study after study after study shows that couples who live together before getting married, they have a much higher percentage of divorce. So if you're one of those people, they're like, you know what, I want to get married to this person because I really love them and I want to go the distance. This is one of those things that you can do to help you with that. Uh, The most recent study that I was able to find, I charted 1,600 couples between uh, 2010 and 2019. And what it found is that 34% of those that live together before getting married, they ended up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Whereas those who did not live together, it was 23%. So that's a considerable difference. The reality is, in the United States, more than half of the marriages here end in divorce. So even, even if you just want just like a smidgen, just to like, hey, can I be on that percentage that actually makes this thing last, this is just one simple thing that you can do to be more, uh, more ensured that you will be able to go to distance. Yeah. All right. I think that's a really good segue into our last question. <laughs> All right. Uh, w- if you're okay with moving Let's do on it. to it. Uh, so this one, maybe we can even pull like why some of that, those, those statistics are the way they are. Uh, the question is, and this is something that students love to ask who are like infatuated with a relationship that they have. Maybe even it's their first relationship. The question is, is there a soulmate out there that God created for me to find? Um, is there a, like, the one is the language that people use sometimes. Is there, um, like, that one that makes my soul, like, catch fire? Like, everything, like, the 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 other, the Hotel Transylvania calls it the zing, right? You yeah, know, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you've seen those. Uh-huh. Like, there's just a ton of movies that will kind of push this idea that there is that exact one out there. And you are supposed to find them or that it's destiny, that sure. one day you're going to find them. And um, here's the thing, Jonathan, is there a person out there that you were created to find? Uh, You're talking about so that I am completed by that person? That you feel fulfilled, that that it makes you feel whole. That God has created this one person and it is my responsibility, Mm -hmm. my job to find them. No. I would say the answer is yes. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. I see answer, where you're going. I see where you're going with this. Answer if you say Jesus, I'm going to slap from, you. It uh, <laughs> comes from the Bible, which is Jesus. Uh, God has uh, created one person. Sneaky, sneaky Josh. You were clearly leading it towards <laughs> a romantic interest. You sneaky devil. <laughs> yeah, Go I ahead. did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> God has created one person who was meant to fulfill every desire that you were born with. 
Um, this is a person that is meant to fulfill your heart, who is meant to make you feel complete, who is going to give you joy, not just happiness. Um, but unfortunately, what our, our world has done, and well-meaning Christians have even adapted this into their thinking, and I even, like, unknowingly would have told you before marriage, I didn't have this thinking, but I, I absolutely brought some of that in and was just like, here, Emily, we'll talk about the, that box of expectations. Mm -hmm. Just threw it on her. Like, you're meant to fulfill everything that I've wanted ever since I was a kid about uh, relationships, about marriage, like what I've expected marriage to be. Here you go. Uh, and in reality, like, I think a problem with that thinking is that we're giving the, the person that we're going to end up with way more of what Jesus is supposed to give us. Yeah, a weight that they cannot actually mm -hmm. handle. Yeah. And that God is meant to. Um, and I, I think that part, I, I have no like backing like studies or anything, but just knowing like how I went into marriage at times and then knowing like that percentage of divorce that occurs not only in non-Christians, but Christians as well. I think unfortunately we go into marriage with way too high of expectations for this other person to make us happy all the time, make us feel complete all the time. But in reality, all of that should be found in our God. Um, he, he has not made you with one person uh, to be the fulfillment of, of your hopes and dreams. He's made you with a longing to find him and mm -hmm. a desire to find him. Um, now, going back to that, though, that way of thinking, uh, because I'm not trying to be unromantic. I absolutely think that certain people like I've seen two people just get together and I've thought they're meant to like that. This is going to go the distance this yeah. is going to work. And I've also seen people get married. and I've been like, I think you guys should wait and find other people uh, who who would be better for you. Um, I don't believe that there is. And I, I think this way of thinking is actually terrifying that there is one in seven or eight billion people <laughs> on Earth that you're meant to go find. Because what? What are the chances of you, if you lived in Kentucky your whole life and never have left the state, you're trying to fish for a swordfish that's only found in Australia in your little pond in your backyard. Do, like you're never going to find them. Do you know historically where the concept of a soulmate comes from? No, I don't. So this is actually Greek thinking. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's Plato who first talked about this uh, in one Stupid of his stupid Plato. I'm one, just kidding. <laughs> in one of his in one of his writings, he he talks about how uh, human beings were actually created with four arms, four legs, and two heads. Mm. And Zeus was like, oh no, they're too powerful. They'll they'll you know. It's like, oh yeah, because the more more limbs will will take you out if you're a god. So anyway, he like split. The the story goes, he mm. split humans, mm. and for all time, you are looking for your soul mate, mm. your better half. Yeah, is terminology that yeah. we oftentimes use. So that's it's actually Greek thinking, and uh, you know other cultures have kind of picked up on that too. But it's it's a Greek thought. That's uh, uh, I I can I can see that. So Emily and I are meant to like defeat gods together. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't Zeus. know if that was, that's just the fear, but. My better half needs to be muscular so that they can like choke hold while Zeus, the while longing, I punch them in the The, the longing chest. to find yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is really there. Um, so long time. Uh, and so the question is, I want to I want to change this because I don't believe that the soulmate that we're all looking for is, is healthy at all. I think it unfortunately leads to people going into marriages with the wrong expectations. And then on top of that, that way of thinking can often lead to divorce because like you'll get into the relationship, things aren't going exactly the way that you you envisioned in your mind and then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, maybe this other person mm -hmm. who's being real nice to me, they're my soulmate. Yeah. Or maybe maybe my soulmate I've not run into yet. And I need to, like, I really just need, for the, for the good of, of our relationship, walk away from this because they need to find their soulmate and I need to find mine and, sure. we're, and we're not meant for each other. I, I wanna change that way of thinking just for a second because, and this is something that you've said before and I'm adapting it a little bit, but the idea of the one uh, is absolutely real. Uh, the idea of the one is real. Now, is it one person out there that you're supposed to find in eight, eight billion people? Eight million would be a little easier. Eight billion people? No, it's absolutely not, but we see in the Bible time and time again that when two people get married and they step into that relationship together, that person becomes your one. That, that, that soul tying actually occurs mm -hmm. when 
they leave their parents and they come together and they start that life together. That person, then God calls to be your one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a really cheesy way of, of, of thinking about it, uh, I've, I heard um, in, in doing some studies on this, and, I, and it comes from the guy who actually wrote the book on the five love languages and like all of that study. Uh, but he says it's not a soulmate, S-O-U-L, it's your soulmate, S-O-L-E. And that's not talking about the sole of your foot. It's talking about the fact that you're called to one person. And if you step into that, you need to be at, like, absolutely be picky. Be 100% sure when you're stepping into that, that that is a person that you are willing to call your one. Mm. Um, it is not that they are just your heart's destined and uh, everything like that. But it is a beautiful thing when one person, actually two people, decide that the other person is their one mm. um, and step into that together and walk through marriage. And that, I think, is realistically the way marriages can last. It's not, is this person my one? It's, mm. they're my one. And the other person saying, no, you are my one. Even though you are probably compatible with thousands, if not millions of people out there, but you are choosing in that moment while you're there before God and with all of your friends and family saying, they're my one. Yeah. Until that covenant of marriage takes place, they're not. Yeah. But as soon as it is, they're your Absolutely. I can't stand when people are like, my two criteria are they love God and uh, they uh, enjoy Slurpees. Yeah, like like uh, <laughs> they go to church. They love God. I'm like there are a mil- there are millions of people that are that way. Like be picky about the people that you're going to step into a relationship with. Be picky about the people that you're giving yourself to, um, and, and saying yes to when it comes to proposals, and even up through engagement. Mm. Be picky if 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 they've gotten a yes from you when they get down on one knee and then they turn into a completely different person and you start to see sides of them that are very unhealthy and you're realizing, ooh, I'm not so sure about this, but I really wanna get married, so I'm gonna say yes anyway. I've seen that pitfall time and time again. Be picky until that wedding day. And then when you are sure that you're willing to call them your one, then step into it. Make it happen. Yep, sounds good. All right, well, if you've got other questions that you'd like us to cover, uh, feel free to reach out, um, send some comments our way, yeah. and we might make another episode like this, and we may not. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll find out if we liked it and <laughs> if you guys liked it. But other than that, uh, yeah, just go in God's grace and know that life is so much better with Him, community, and purpose. Bye.